All right, everybody, welcome to this edition of Rambling Rivals. I'm David. I'm joined by Cam from Everton, Tampa. Welcome, Cam. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going good. I'm looking forward to Saturday. Um, so before we get started, do want to bring up, do want to put this out there again. If you're thinking of coming to the match, be sure to definitely come out for this one. So it's a little bit of a special occasion. We're doing something new, working with Everton, Tampa, here at uh, Tampa Bay Cop Talk to put together a food drive. Uh, it's going to go to all the food goes to Metropolitan Ministries. Uh, be sure to come and donate if you can. If you can't, there's going to be a link down in the comments or in the um, description. Be sure to donate virtually if you can. Uh, Cam, it's really cool that we get to do this together. Uh, it's we you know, for a long time we didn't have an Everton group to work with, but this kind of reflects the, uh, the the spirit that you find on Merseyside. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is only our second year as a club, and it was definitely something I've wanted to do down the line. And just Andrew came and checked our spot out last last week and kind of talked it over and got the got the wheels rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Bay Cannon's cool, man. I watched one of the Lightning games there uh, when they were going. It, it was like game four of the Stanley Cup, and I think it finished like five to four, and they do like free beer shots for every goal. And uh, my wife was like, wait a minute. Like, are, is there a lot of goals in hockey? And I was like, right. well, in a Lightning game, there can be, yeah. Right. <laughs> it was funny because the next morning we were a little hungover. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got a uh, great selection on tap and I mean definitely definitely some good beers to uh start the mornings off with and oh, for um, sure. especially with this upcoming uh event we got going on this Saturday um there uh we if you RSVP to the event that we've set up on Facebook um Bay Cannon will be doing a breakfast buffet for for the game as well that's right that's so it'll right. be a pretty solid setup yeah, and the food is really good too. So I've, I, I, the only thing I've had there is the wings. No, no breakfast food there yet. Oh man, I can't wait to try the wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they 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 smoke them and then there it's like a dry rub. It's it's pretty damn oh, good. Oh, beautiful. Oh yeah, I love a good wing, man. Oh yeah. All right, so well, this is rambling rivals, so we'll get straight into it. Uh, big game this weekend. I feel like. I don't even know how to feel about it because Everton are top of the table. So. I don't know how to feel about it either. <laughs> kind of uncharted territory. Yeah, no, it is. It's um, it's it's a funny feeling looking up at them. But, you know, Everton have been on a little bit of a, a – ever since Mashari took over, things have been a, a changing quite a bit. Right. Kind of – Take me through this last transfer window in terms of how you felt because they they did some things – they did. They made some positive moves. Obviously, getting Hamas is a great move, but you know they didn't. I always feel like they would just buy. Uh, they'd always have one purchase in our window where they just bought a guy to buy a guy. Not that they necessarily need it. Like it was just like try to make everyone feel good. Right. <laughs> yeah, we've got a few of those. Yeah. So I think, but this window didn't necessarily feel like that. So kind of, what was the from your perspective as a supporter, you know, kind of how did you feel about this window and, and their approach, like their strategy for it? Well, I mean, first off, they had just had a completely different feel. I mean, Carlo coming in in November or in December and um, taking over was kind of nobody expected it. When the coaching, coaching uh, rumors were going around, it was uh, never would have thought it would have been him. I was, I was myself was eyeing up Arteta pretty nicely, but, 
Um, if he wasn't going to go to Arsenal, I would have liked to have had him. But um, going into this window, all the names that have been rumored starting back in January, it's just kind of wild to hear. And there's always a few of the big names that are always rumored around Everton, and it never really unfolds. But just the name recognition of Carlo Ancelotti just attracts talent. And right off the bat, when we were first rumored with Allen, um, the price kind of scared me away, but Marcel Brands is, and Carlo have been together and really kind of put a tax sheet together and got all these players for way less than I think they were on the market. Yeah. And that's kind of like a thing, too, with, you know, with Carlo, his impact kind of – how does that change the mood around the club, you know, even from us just a supporter – viewpoint you know obviously is huge for the players but for you as supporters you know it's a big upgrade on uh your last manager silva at the right end. so uh I, I mean look when he took the job i kind of went oh yeah <laughs> i was like i think oh, a lot of people did that uh, interesting because right they have money right now they have, they've, they've got money in the bank so if you give carlo enough money and enough resources I mean, he's proven time and time again that he'll generate results. And but like I probably like, like you probably thought as well. Like I mean, he's attracted to usually goes to the teams that have already have the established talent and are already at that top tier level, competing for Champions League and trophies in their countries. And it's an interesting choice for him, not just because of that, but also because I think he sees there's a lot there. Yeah. He's just got to get it going. You know, it's kind of like what Klopp saw when he looked at Liverpool. It's like, well, there's a lot there. If I can tap into that and boost it to where it needs to be and get it consistent, then, you know, you have a, a, a big product. It's so kind of how would you, I guess, yeah, this is the, the original question was kind of like, how does it feel? How do you change the mood and kind of the culture around the club at the moment? Well, I think he's kind of um, right off the bat really embraced just like the Everton, like spirit and culture of the team um, with bringing back Duncan Ferguson after his, um, interim stint where you could really see he was just re-energized the club himself. Um, putting someone him like on back on the staff really, I think bolsters the support right away from from the fans in Liverpool. But um, yeah, it's 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 crazy to feel like this. The whole last half of the season, it's he had to work through work through the kinks and the ups and downs of a team that really hadn't had a lot of success. And this summer was a nice reset for them to come back and kind of reassess their goals and move forward. So you start the season, you're obviously top of the table, but you've, you've beaten, and I'm not, okay, you take Tottenham on day one. That's a nice get. That's a big one. But since then, you know, you, you've taken like West Ham, I think Brighton and Crystal Palace are, are your victories. Do you feel like going into this one, that it's kind of like the measuring stick, like this is going to be a, a defining moment. Absolutely. I mean, and I know that ton, like you said, ton of him out of the, out of the gate away was a very impressive win to start. And then games where we're playing West Brom where it's, they, they score an early, early goal and go up one, nothing, but we show the backbone to come back. And even in the second half, when we revert back to our old ways and they're putting free kicks and a man down to take the, or to even the score. Um, we find a way to score another three. And I think that's just the big difference is it looks like when we go down or if they come back and tie, we don't look like we're about to just curl up and, 
and die. We're ready to keep pushing forward. So I mean, this will be a good test. Um, Tiago and Mane are supposed to be back, right? Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, I mean, that's, that'll be the test. It's a full-forced uh, Liverpool squad. So we're looking forward to it. So, you know, in terms of the, you know, you always see like a, an evolution under a manager. And uh, with Carlo, I think, you know, it comes in, this midfield is starting to feel a little bit different. You mentioned there that they didn't wither. Uh, when against West Brom, that they, they stood up to the test and they kept on going. And I think it's interesting because they look, what looks different to them so far to me is they seem to have a little bit of metal that they didn't have before. And, uh, you know, James obviously helps with the creativity going forward, but that midfield seems to be evolving. What are your thoughts on that in terms of like what's been the key to getting that going and, and, and sparking that change? Well, I think. Uh, when we lost Idrissa Ghanaghe, I don't know if we ever found a valid replacement for him to be that holding box-to-box midfielder who will go in there and make tackles nonstop. And um, Sigurdsson, when he first came in, was really able to feed off of that. Um, I think it was just a combination of maybe some out-of-position play by the, in the Silva era, but um, this midfield, Allen, is just an animal. Just watching him cover ground is something that we haven't seen in a couple of years and it gives confidence to Gilfie and other midfielders like Tom Davis who probably didn't feel like they had the go to go forward when they didn't know that they had cover in the back. Yeah, I think when I first started watching no when I first started looking at the roster this year I thought well you know they're having some success now but is that going to be sustainable but it's interesting the way he's doing it the way he's kind of going with these Mid, it's almost like shifts, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he'll do what is it? Davis, Sigurdsson, and DeCore. And then the next one is Allen. And uh, I can't, I'm, I'm blanking right now. <laughs> but yeah, so but he changes it, up the midfield configuration. Uh, yeah. Kind of, you know, a little bit based on the opponent, but also just based on games. So I think that's got to be encouraging from you guys' perspective because an injury to one guy isn't going right. to end the season. And I think towards like in the second or the second half of the season, he was working with the roster that was given to him. And we've kind of played in a four, four, two, and um, we've come out this time or this year playing in a four, three, three with Hamas up on the right. And then kind of uh, Allen playing behind the two, the two other center mids. So, and then that allows uh, shame reborn Seamus Coleman and Luca Dean to get up the wings, which is, probably the deadliest part of our game allows them to get the balls into Calvert-Lewin. That's really, yeah, that is what, yeah, particularly Dini is, you know, what it does best. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, uh, so you've gotten a really nice start out of Calvert-Lewin. I mean, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. But I think maybe this evolution of 4-3-3 and kind of getting him, you know, with Hamez there now, it, I'm just imagining I've played enough defense in my life to know that a guy with that kind of skill on one side, the workhorse in Richarlison on the other side, it's going to stretch you out. Yeah. And then you've got this kid who can finish in the middle. I, I got to ask, what do you think his goal tally is this year if they, if they stay healthy? Well, it's funny because they, they asked Carlo after one of the games um, what his expectations were, and he want, he was ex- he's expecting 20 from Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin. And I think 20 is a, a, an actual number that he can, he can get to. Um, I know he's not going to stay this hot forever. 
uh, he'll probably cool off. But I mean, coming out like this, he's already got himself. I think he's at nine goals in all competitions. Um, and I think what six for premier league. Yeah. But, um, six and six or six and four. Yeah. And I just was looking back just, uh, over his, like the last couple of years and he went from, um, 2018 scoring eight goals in all comps to last year scoring 15 in all comps. And now he's already at nine. So the improvement is there. And that was one of the things that I see on a lot of message boards and a lot of people, um, back in England harping on how, as he's coming up, he wasn't a very good finisher, wasn't very clinical in front of net. And that's just really something that, I mean, doesn't really come into question now. If the ball's in the air and he's anywhere in the box, it's, it's pretty much his ball. I imagine he's a big hit with the taxi drivers union in Liverpool. Huh? Right. <laughs> have, you, have you ever been over? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, went, I actually went over for time... – uh, I was actually getting ready to go for the uh, Merseyside this past year before uh, the COVID uh, outbreak. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I feel like every time I get in a car in Liverpool, the driver's an Everton supporter. <laughs> yeah. Well, with the, when we, my wife and I, we went while we were over in England, and uh, same thing, told him that we're from Tampa, and he's like, what the heck are you guys doing over here? It's <laughs> like, love you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Was it wintertime? <laughs> You'll definitely Jan- get Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a New Year D, New, New Year Day game. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, was it like the FA Cup? Uh, no, it was actually um, it was a, a EPL game against Leicester, and oh, uh, oh, that's a good one. One one zero Leicester win Vardy goal. We didn't we didn't get to see a goal, but Vardy scored. I didn't get to see a goal my first trip to Anfield either. It was a nil nil draw with Man United. So <laughs> Mourinho was the boss. It was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so what i guess my next question is you know what's the ceiling for this year do you think you know kind of where are you expecting everton to go over the course of 38 games i mean this is a nice start but right there's there's always peaks and valleys in a season so i mean what's the I'm, ceiling on what they could achieve at this at this point i mean if they can keep up form a top 4 finish would be would be great but uh, realistically i think this is their top 16 um, I don't know. I don't know if they're jumping into Champions League right away, but if I mean, if who am I to say if they keep this form up? Um, but in the long term, I don't see why, like 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 Klopp did at Liverpool, a building project, and if he's got backing from the front office at every window, then I don't see why in the next couple of years we wouldn't be a top four eventually competing for a title. Because he said he wants to be there through the uh, move to the new stadium as well. Yeah. And that's scheduled for. I'm, I'm trying to remember the timeline for that. I think they start. I think they start building in like 2021 or 2022. Okay, and then it's open by 2024. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so he's looking at a, a, a long term project. Right. It's, it's interesting because I think this year is when you look at United and the shape that they're in. Tottenham are a pretty inconsistent. Arsenal and Everton are the two that are in Leicester as well. They all kind of have to be looking at it in the same lens. And I think maybe Everton's view of it is kind of shaped by how they've started. But if they can sustain this for a little bit, this is kind of a good year to to sneak into the top four because Chelsea have defensive woes. They've signed so many new players. You've got to figure that there's going to be chemistry, like a betting in period, so to speak. So I think this is a good opportunity for Everton if they can manage it. 
to sneak into the top four. And then, you know, from there, who knows? Absolutely. And I think it'll come down to just seeing how, I mean, if we could, if we could take a couple from the top six teams, but seeing how we play against those teams, like right outside the top six, like Wolves and I guess Aston Villa this year has decided that they, uh, <laughs> they want to turn it on. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, if, if we can get over those humps, because those are the ones that kind of set us back is the teams that we should be either level with or taking the next step by, but always kind of get pulled back by. So, you know, Mushiri's been the owner a couple of years, kind of where are you guys in the journey with this owner? Because you have your, your managerial sense so that you're always on a journey with the manager. But I think we're all seeing, especially given recent news, uh, you know, we're always on a journey <laughs> with the ownership group too. And, you know, right. what is the fans kind of take on him and where do you guys feel like, like how do you feel about his, his tenure at the club and where do you think he's going? Um, I, the, the overall feeling I, from, from the club, I feel is, is, I mean, very receptive to the money that they're, that he's willing to spend. <laughs> um, I, I was going back and looking at numbers and at our old transfer, uh, pickups at each window and he came in in 2016 and, um, that window, uh, we really, the key players we brought in was, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Idris Gay. And then the following season was the bringing in of Marcel Brands from PSV. And I think that's when it's really started to take shape. And he's in his first year brought in Gilfie, Keane, Pickford. And then, I mean, there's a handful of others that made it, but don't make the cut for the 11 or sometimes even the squad. And I think that's what's kind of um, changing as well as we're hitting more than we're missing now on our signings. And um, I think – now that Carlo is matched with Marcel and Marcel and uh, Muschieri, they're on the same page and they have a comprehensive view of what they want. And it's, it's all coming together. And especially in these last, these last two couple or last three windows, um, picking up Richarlison, Luca Dean and Gomez in one. And um, then following that up with this window and just revamping the midfield. And he's signed a keeper this one, though, too, actually, uh, a backup, right? Yeah. I mean, Pickford's really uh, stressing out a bunch of us, and it's kind of starting to wear thin just, I mean, games like, like in the, the Carabao Cup game, it was, I think it was against Fleetwood Town, we, which we won 5-2, but two goalie errors gave them their goals, and those are one of those games where, again, Fleetwood Town sneaks in and would probably either take the, take the game or – I don't know. We'd sneak out on PKs or something, but it's getting it's getting kind of kind of nerve wracking watching him anytime the ball comes goes in the air to him. It amazes me sometimes I, for a guy whose job is to be able to touch it with his hands. It's not very good with his hands. <laughs> well, I always get a good kick out of the uh, on men and blazers. They're talking about just how tiny his hands are, and he's got the shortest <laughs> little arms. <laughs> and that's I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy. So I was kind of wondering, like, can this new fella maybe pressing? I don't know. I, you know, we'll and see. then yeah, in all honesty, I don't know t- too much about him. I know just know that he was the Sweden goalkeeper, and that he's, I think he's like thirty, thirty-one years of age. So he's not someone who is a long-term fix. And if Pickford doesn't work out, but hopefully he'll pry- apply a little pressure and make Pickford step his game up. I mean, he's also getting pressure from England. So yeah, I think that's the plan. 
I just don't know how that's going to work out. <laughs> I'm thinking it's probably either Jan- like a January or next summer is a another goalie. Another keeper. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, there will be options. I think I, there's a couple keepers down in the championship who aren't half bad. There's, you know, and then we'll see what happens with the market. We're all in this weird COVID world too. So it's, it's hard to say like what kind of money is going to be on the table and player valuations. And it's all just, right very bizarre at the moment (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh it wouldn't be you know liverpool everything i gotta give you some banter here yeah so so the question that we had that we came up with for this was you only get to erase one of the following but you have to watch the other on a 24-hour loop (laughs) (laughs) mane 96 or origi 97 (laughs) oh my god what was the first one? <laughs> Mane ninety six. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I couldn't. Wa- I well, I couldn't watch the Origi one on replay. That one is just insane. Yeah, so I'd have to go with Mane. <laughs> okay. I did watch it on a twenty four hour loop once. I, <laughs> I was gonna say I watch. I watching watching that game. I think because I had a couple friends over too, who I'm trying like trying to get involved in. I think they watched uh, my meltdown. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because we had all, I, I remember the pub I was at, we were, we had all basically just conceded like, oh, all right, no, no. Yeah. Credit to them. They came here. They did what they did. They played well that day. I, you know, Everton, to their credit, played really well that day. And I was like, you know, it's, they deserve it, whatever. And then <laughs> when Virgil hits that ball, everybody just goes, <laughs> check, take the check. <laughs> And then that happens, and just everyone lost their minds. <laughs> it was it was like indescribable. And then when they showed the replay, how far like the ball was like it was going over the net, and he like <laughs> we flipped it back in. What did you do? Oh, we're like, what was he thinking? <laughs> it was brutal, and that's another another gap. I think they were saying he's got like the most goalie errors since like 2018. So yeah, it's uh, oh, brutal. <laughs> And that's and it's and it's hard to even talk banter because we're in a spot where I don't I don't know what to do. Like this is, we feel, <laughs> I feel like we've got a team that almost matches up pretty evenly, and this is yeah. this is kind of a new feeling going into this one. That's yeah, no, it's uh, you know Goodison has not been a very friendly place to us, <laughs> <laughs> even when there's no fans. So um, you know it's one of those games that I'm always like, like when y'all come to Anfield. I have the expectation that Liverpool should should win. Right. But when we go to Goodison, it's sort of like, yeah. you, know, you kind of look at it and you go, if you come out of there with a point, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's a difficult game. You know it's going to be physical. When there are fans, you know they're going to be up for it. So it's just one of those environments where you're like, hey, man, a draw's acceptable. Yeah, and that's and hopefully sooner than later they'll be able to get fans back in there because to have them behind this team would be even more incredible, and they deserve to be in the stadium and watch that team play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've waited a long time for them to be very Four good. No. So. <laughs> hey, we've waited a long time, and uh, it's disappointing that like they had to celebrate a title and no one could be there. Yeah, so I can re- <laughs> I can relate because. I was just like, I've been lucky enough to see this type of team a few times in the last couple of years, but I'd love to get over again and see them again just because 
I can remember Christian Polson and Paul Kincheski starting in our starting 11. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> like, this is just really boss. And this yeah. team feeds off of crowds a lot, mm-hmm. uh, this Liverpool side. And so I can't wait for them to get fans back in the grounds, but of course in the safest way possible. So. Absolutely. And I was going to say Anfield is another one of those where if you come out with a point, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you uh, for coming on and joining us. I'm looking forward to Saturday. I will uh, definitely definitely have to chat a bit before the uh, kickoff, before I get too deep into breakfast. Absolutely. And, yeah, for anybody who shows up, uh, like you said at the beginning, you could bring your canned goods there, and um, we'll we'll take them over after it's all said and done or it has the link set up on the event page or – We'll be tweeting it out. I'm sure you will be as well. Um, yep. It's got the virtual link on there as well, and you can donate through that as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, again, check out the description. It'll be down in there. All right, well, thanks, Cam. I'll see you Saturday. Thanks for having me, Dave. Cheers. See ya.